Good morning. Um, Our reading this morning is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay him back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, Salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Liz. Let's pray that the Lord will come and speak to us. Lord, as we think about you spotting Zacchaeus up that tree... We thank you that you know every one of us by name, that you've made us and you love us and you know us and you see us and you want good and blessing for us. Just as you brought blessing to Zacchaeus that day 2,000 years ago, we pray pour out your spirit and meet each one of us. And as we think about who you are and what our response is. We pray that you would speak clearly and give us grace to follow where you lead. And we ask it in your name. Amen. So on Thursday, Juliet and I were at Windsor Castle. We've always wanted to go to Windsor and never done it. We've got some friends in Windsor and we thought we'd go and see them and go to the castle, but actually they weren't there. The reason we were there was because Bishop Christopher, who Jan was praying about has gone to be the dean of Windsor and he was being installed and he'd been kind enough to invite us to the service and it was extraordinary Windsor Castle St George's Chapel is not a little chapel you will have seen it for royal weddings and funerals it's like the perfect cathedral with good heating and good light and good PA if you can imagine that I've never been to a cathedral like that extraordinary service that was amazing and then we got to go to reception in the state rooms afterwards amazing extraordinary um Sadly, we didn't meet the king and queen. We were quite close. There were probably, I don't know, 200 more people in the big stateroom there. We got really close to them, but we didn't meet them. But we met lots of other old friends and a former prime minister and various knights of the garter. It was all very interesting. So why am I telling you that? Today, all the way around the world, in traditional churches, is the feast of Christ the King. Every Sunday has something. Next Sunday is Advent Sunday. And on the Sunday before Advent... 
all around the world, historic churches focus on the fact that Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Next week we'll be thinking about the fact he comes again. And what struck me was that I was within about three yards of the King of England, but he didn't know who I was, he didn't meet me, he doesn't know my name, and if he had, he probably wouldn't remember today anyway. But here we are, worshipping the King of Kings, who knows us, who's made us, who loves us. And one day when he comes again, we will meet him face to face, and we'll be like him. And while Windsor Castle was extraordinarily impressive, and we want to go back, if you've never been, I recommend it, it's amazing. Heaven is going to be so much better, and Windsor Castle will look a little pokey compared to that. Um, Anyway, there's my introduction to Christ the King. We have settled for the last 15 years or so in November to have a week focusing on our vision. We did that last week. And then today on Commitment Sunday, the chance to bow our knee afresh, if you like, to Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to say that we belong to you, everything we have is yours. How do you want us to use our time, our money, our energies? And then to make a response as far as the life of this church is concerned. And obviously it helps us in this church to budget and to plan, to know what people are offering to do and to know if there are particular things we need to give a little bit more of a plug to. So at the end of this sermon, we'll have a little bit of quiet. And when you come up to communion, I'm going to invite you to put your response form in one of the baskets. And wherever you come forward to communion, there'll be a basket that you can put your response in. If this has caught you on the hop, you haven't got the emails, you weren't here last week, you've just come in, you've no idea what's going on, your mind's in a tiz, don't worry, you can do it during the week. You can bring it back next week, you can send it by an email, that's fine. Uh, But this is the annual prompt to do it. Uh, If you're not ready to do it, you may be here as a visitor, you may be exploring the Christian faith, you may be thinking, I'm not really sure this is all true then that's great. Please relax. We're not wanting to pressure you. We want to help you come to believe what we believe, that Jesus is risen from the dead, that he is who he claimed to be, that when the story of the angels at Christmas, the Saviour is born who is Christ the Lord, that that is true. Uh, So if you're exploring it, come to our Alpha course next term. Keep coming back on Sundays. Uh, But most of us here have got to the point where we believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be. And so this is a, just an annual reminder before the busyness of Christmas about what we're going to do about that. Um, if, uh, just another word for those of you who are exploring the Christian faith. St. Augustine said uh, in about 400 AD to the Lord, you've made us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. And what we've discovered is that in coming into relationship with Jesus as Lord, things begin to fall into place a bit more and there's a peace that comes inwardly outwardly life gets more complicated Uh, and this is what we'll find as we look at the story of Zacchaeus today so uh, it's commitment Sunday Uh, I sent out as well that three minute clip to my first speech at General Synod which was highly nerve-wracking it makes preaching here just feel like a chat among friends Um, but I those of you who watched it I talked about the cost of following Jesus and the joy, and those two things go together. Today is about the cost, but it's also about the joy as we look to give. Uh, so let's look at Zacchaeus. We're going through Zacchaeus. Sorry, we're going through Luke's gospel. We've been doing it for a year, 
And we've reached Luke chapter 19 in the story of Zacchaeus on Commitment Sunday. Isn't that a nice coincidence? Didn't just, it didn't just happen, of course, as we were dividing up Luke's gospel. I thought, well, that would be a great one for Commitment Sunday. So we've slightly tweaked how we go through. Uh, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's, he's set out for Jerusalem in Luke's gospel back in chapter 9, verse 51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. In the original, he set his face like a flint. So the disciples noticed they'd had three years of ministry and traveling, but now they're heading for Jerusalem. Jesus was very focused. In chapter 17, verse 11, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. That means he was coming down the River Jordan from Galilee the Jordan literally means the descender. The river goes down and down till it gets to the Dead Sea. It goes downhill and Jesus was traveling that way. There was a main road. Uh, last week, chapter 18, verse 31, as they were approaching Jericho, Jesus said this. Jesus took the 12 aside and said, we're going up to Jerusalem. Everything that's written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He's going to be killed. He said he's going to be crucified and he would rise again. And we read that the disciples didn't understand it. But the closer they get to Jerusalem, Jesus has said this three times, what's gonna happen. And they get to Jericho, and Jericho there by the Dead Sea, when you're coming down from the north, you turn right to go uphill to Jerusalem, turning west. And as they get to Jericho, that's where the climb up to Jerusalem starts, and Jesus is heading for Jerusalem. So the start of our reading today, chapter 19, verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. You could, be, you could understand that his mind was on other things. He's preoccupied, if you like, with where he's heading. Now last week we saw how on the edge of Jericho he healed the blind man, probably Bartimaeus. Mark gives him his name, but Luke doesn't. This blind beggar who was crying out to Jesus. And Jesus restored his sight and then we read, Jesus said, your faith has saved you or healed you. That he was not only had his sight restored, but his relationship with God is restored through Jesus. Jesus made time for him. Though he's focused on Jerusalem, he makes time for Bartimaeus, the blind man. Now today we see his care for someone very different, Zacchaeus. He's passing through, but he's still sensitive to his heavenly father, pointing out someone for him to give attention to. Let's just read the story again. Jesus entered Jericho, was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. <coughs> he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came at once and welcomed him gladly. Some of you are singing the old song in your head. I nearly read, for I'm coming to your house for tea today, but it doesn't actually say it was tea time. We don't quite know what time of day it was. It may have been brunch. We just don't know. Now, Zacchaeus is very different from Bartimaeus. He's not a poor beggar. He's rich, wealthy, not just a tax collector, a chief tax collector. Now, that you need to know that the tax collectors in those days were really seriously unpopular. We know our tax collectors operate within a framework, there's legalities and there's a respect, even if no one particularly likes paying taxes. But 
In those days, the Romans were the occupying force. They appointed tax collectors to gather money. The Roman soldiers did not care how they got it. They would protect the tax collector from being lynched, and he got the money. So he could charge people whatever he wanted. If it wasn't fair, they had the Roman soldiers to answer to. The tax collector passed on to Rome what Rome asked for, and he kept the rest. And most tax collectors were unpopular because they worked for the Romans. Imagine, for example, the Second World War in Paris. French people who worked for the Germans, not very popular. Uh, here they were working for the Romans, and they were cheats. And Zacchaeus, as good as says he was a cheat, and he said, if I've cheated anybody, I'll pay back four times. So he was wealthy, but he was unpopular and probably pretty lonely. Uh, we read he was a short man and he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. I bet if there was a short little old lady there, the crowd would have parted to let her through. Zacchaeus at the back, no way, we're not letting him through. He's not very popular, so he climbs up the tree. But he has a bigger problem than his being unpopular and lonely. The same as everybody else, he's out of touch with the God who's made him. And Jesus has come to restore relationship with God. That's what salvation is. And he cares for everybody, for rich and poor, for Bartimaeus the blind beggar, for Zacchaeus the chief tax collector. He cares for popular and unpopular, for black and white, for male and female, for old and young, for Jew and Gentile, and not just for the person next to you, but for you. And he knows your name, just like he knew Zacchaeus' name. Now, just to recap last week, our vision in this church, it was for this church. When this church was planted 150 years ago, it was for this parish. Then about 20 years ago, we developed a vision for the whole town. And now we've become a Darson mission hub with a responsibility to work with churches in the wider area. And we have a vision, together with others, to give everybody in this area an, a meaningful opportunity to respond to the good news of Jesus in the next 10 years. We feel the Lord's put a time scale on us uh, to sharpen our thinking. And 10 years time, 2033, will be the 2000th anniversary of the resurrection by our calendar. So what a party that could be as we celebrate Easter 2033. And imagine if the Lord has led us to enable everybody to respond. They, of course, not everybody will respond. But just like in Jericho, as he passed through, there was Bartimaeus responded, Zacchaeus responded, and no doubt there were others too. Now, Jesus is not walking through Leamington physically, or Warwick, or Kyneton, or Wellsbourne, or wherever. We are the body of Christ, and he works through us today. Very occasionally, Jesus just communicates to someone directly. But normally, we find there have been people praying and talking, friends, relatives, neighbours, work colleagues. And we are sensing a responsibility, not just to say to people, come and see, but for us to go and tell the good news of Jesus. As Jesus walked through, people had a chance to meet him. And we want to give a real opportunity for people to meet him. Now, it's a 10-year vision, and we're gathering colleagues in other churches in the area working through this, but we all have a part to play. So one of the response cards you got, you don't need to put this one in the basket, this is for you is this nice little pray for five. You can pray for as many as you like. If you want to pray for 50, please do. Uh, but the idea is that you ask the Lord to put on your heart five people who you're close to, who you see regularly, who don't yet know Jesus. And to pr 
pray for them by name every day. Put that card in your Bible as a marker and just pray for them each day. When I listen to the stories of people who come to faith, as they come on, they usually find out, do you know, someone said, I've been praying for you for years. They may not have known it. But behind most of us coming to faith are the faithful prayers of friends, relatives, parents, grandparents, neighbours, Sunday school teachers, work colleagues. So pray for five. Don't put those in the basket. That's for you to take home. Next year in the church for our 150th, we've got lots of events we're planning. Wide variety for our, to just invite people to come and see. Christmas carol services, Christmas events, King's Chamber Orchestra. That's what are just wonderful events to invite people to. Our Alpha course next to it. Uh, but that's just, that's just a starter. We need all the churches to do that, but we also need to be seeing where God wants us to go. So the next thing I notice in this story, and I've mentioned it already, is Jesus is pretty preoccupied with heading for Jerusalem. He knows he's going to be killed. And yet he still has time for Zacchaeus or Bartimaeus. Now when I'm preoccupied, people can say things to me and it goes in one ear and out the other. But Jesus is listening for what God's saying. Please take the time to pray each day so we're better at following the nudges of the Holy Spirit. You know those nudges, why don't you walk that way rather than this way and you bump into someone for a chat? Why don't you phone this person or send a text to say how you're doing? Often God puts people on our heart. Jesus had emptied himself of the glory of being God and come to be born as a man albeit a man who never sinned, full of the Holy Spirit. So he models a perfect human being in perfect relationship with God. And I imagine the conversation in his head as he's going through Jerusalem, Jericho, goes a bit like this. As the crowds are responding, he's thinking, well, Father, this is nice, isn't it? I know I'm going to Jerusalem and it's not going to be nice, but isn't this nice? And then I imagine a thought in his head, look up in that tree. And he looks up, oh, there's a man up there. And the father says to him, that's Zacchaeus. And Jesus saying, why are you telling me that? What do you want me to do? I want you to go to his house for tea. <laughs> so he says, hello Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus presumably nearly falls out the tree that Jesus knows his name. And he says, I want to come to your house. Jesus is not so busy that he doesn't have time to notice the one. So as a church, please can we try and live lives where we're praying each day and not so rushed and busy we need to notice the prompts of the Heavenly Father it might just be to visit the neighbour it might be to phone someone up it might be a text it might be to look up and notice something Jesus notices Zacchaeus it's hard to imagine anything more affirming for Zacchaeus than Jesus noticing him and coming to his house and the town of Jericho is scandalised. Verse 7 said this. We've got it there. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Doesn't he know who he is? Of course he knew who Zacchaeus was. Jesus has come for people like Zacchaeus, for people like blind Bartimaeus, for people like you and me. And that's why last week I invited you not only to think what can you do to serve the Lord through this church, but... So pray through, is there a group of people in our community beyond our church that God has put on your heart? Might be your neighbours. Might be a, you might live a little bit further away from Edmonton, a village or a town nearby. Might be people there. 
might be a workplace, might be the refugees and asylum seekers who've come to live in Leamington, right? There were lots more in Coventry in years gone by, and now more in Leamington. How can we minister to them? Maybe your workplace. I said last week that Alpha has started at JLR, and I said, probably a bit rudely, if Alpha can happen at JLR, it can happen anywhere, in any workplace. So it may be there, gathering Christians together to pray together. It may be your family. It may be a network of people, young single adults or lonelier people on their own. But has the Lord put a group of people on your heart? You'll probably know if he has because you'll think about these people and you think someone really ought to do something about that. And if you've ever thought that, don't medicate it. Maybe the Lord is drawing your attention to that group of people. And on your response form, I've invited you to put down, I noticed this group of people. Now, you may have no idea what to do about them. That doesn't matter. Because in a church, we've got roughly 500 adults in this church, obviously not all here at the same time, but who come regularly. It wouldn't surprise me if God's put the same group of people on three or four or five or six. And when these response forms come in, we can see that and we can link you together and you can start to pray together saying, well, Lord, what are we meant to do about this? The Lord knows how he's going to reach each group, each community, each neighborhood, each network, each need. I love the fact that there would be a church in Jericho after the resurrection. It would have included Bartimaeus, who used to be blind. It would have included Zacchaeus. It would have included one or two others. Luke tells us he's only recorded stories he's investigated by eyewitness. You can imagine him meeting Zacchaeus. He was two years in Israel as he travelled with Paul. Paul was in prison for two years and Luke was free to go all the way round. He met, met Mary, the mother of Jesus, who told her story. Presumably went to Jericho and met Zacchaeus, who probably walked him through and said, I was up that sycamore tree. It was a bit shorter then than it is now, but can you imagine it? Now Jesus has come. Verse 10 of our story says this. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And it's on our heart not just say come and see, but to go out beyond as the body of Christ to reach others. The one thing we're not told is the conversation that Jesus had with Zacchaeus that helped him put his trust in Jesus and come to faith. What we know is the results of that. So verses 8 to 10 are the results. Zacchaeus stood up, so this is after tea or brunch or whatever it was. Uh, Jesus, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. We know he was very wealthy. He had a lot, so he still had half of a lot, which is still a lot. Um, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Well, he probably cheated a lot of people, so actually he was going to be giving a lot of stuff away. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Now, it's not that you can buy your salvation. It's not that Zacchaeus gives money and therefore is saved. It's the other way around. Jesus has found him. He's loved him. He's cared for him. He's honoured him. Zacchaeus is changed by it. And the result of that is that he gives. If we put our faith in Jesus, it has to if it's true, it will result in us giving, serving, praying, and so much more. We can't earn 
Jesus' favour. It's an absolute gift. And we'll be coming to communion where we share the bread and wine and it reminds us that Jesus died for us. We put our hands out empty and we're given. Um, While we're talking about Zacchaeus who is wealthy and we're coming on to think about giving, can I just say a word for those of you who do not have enough money? We have a hardship fund in this church. If you cannot pay your heating bill, if you can't put, if you're having to choose between food and heating, please tell us. We've got people who've given money specifically so we can help you. Please let us know. We would really love to help. But for most of us, we have enough. Our houses are not freezing. We can eat. We've probably had pay rises. If you're a pensioner, you've got a pay rise this year, better percentage better than most people are getting. Uh, we can increase our giving. And the needs of the church have gone up. And the ministry of the church as we work further afield has gone up. So can I just introduce this giving card to you that you were given on the way in? not going to talk the whole way through this, but this is for you. Um, Three reasons why we give, because God is the great giver. We're made in his image. He's generous. We're made to be generous. We know that. It's more blessed to give than to receive. We know there's more joy in giving a present someone loves than in receiving one. It's quite nice to receive them as well, but there's more joy in giving. We give because Jesus is our Lord. So if I belong to him, everything I have belongs to him. And we give because the ministry of the church costs money. It costs money to pay staff and heat buildings and maintain them. Uh, Most of the money comes from your giving. 79%, I think, comes from direct giving. And then another 17 or 18% comes from the tax back from that. So it's about 95% comes from the direct giving and the tax back. We get a little bit in rents. We get a little bit through weddings and funeral fees, but not much. Uh, And on the back of the card, it explains where it goes. But I'm going to just chat through that a little bit more. Um, Let me do that now. Zach, our treasure. I just spotted Zach up in the balcony. Hello, Zach. Can you stay after the service to be down by the welcome? Zach, our treasurer, will be by the welcome desk afterwards if you've got any questions about this. But I I know some of you were blown away by the creative PowerPoint I did last week with friends. Zach's done this one. So just a quick PowerPoint. Where does our money come from? This year, the projected income for the end of this year is 646,000. Where does that come from? Keep going. 76% directly from our giving, 19% from the tax back, and just 5% from elsewhere. Our expenditure this year, oh, sorry, comparison. Let's go back, go back to the last slide. So it's been roughly flat with last year. Just so you know, the giving's roughly what it was last year. Last year, amazingly, we made a very small surplus. Not much. We expected a massive deficit, but by God's grace, it's come in. Looking ahead, our expenditure, this year, we think is 672,000. It's actually a bit more than our income. How do we, where does all that go? Nearly half goes to our staff. Then there's another bit, I think that's, that's, that's ministry costs. That's the children need stuff to make and do. We have food for Alpha and coffee and communion wine and all the bits and pieces that are needed. Uh, then the next bit, 15%, is the facility. That's what it costs to heat the building, to insure it, to maintain it, that sort of thing. To have computers for people to work on and the photocopier to work. Um, then the next bit is parish share for our costs. That's the, our contribution towards the costs of the clergy. They're, we're paid through the diocese rather than directly. 
then we give 9% away to mission partners. It's 10% of what last year's income was, and that's usually about 9% of this year's income. And then we give 7% through parish share to other Church of England churches that can't afford a vicar. Uh, so we help them. So we're giving 16% away of our income beyond ourselves. That's where it goes. We haven't pinned down the budget for next year. The PCC's provisionally agreed. Looks like it's going up about 30,000. So that's a bit less than 5%, which isn't bad. Uh, but in the years ahead, it's likely to go up more because of the mission hub work. We'll be doing more further afield. So just to keep things steady, we need a slight increase. Uh, but obviously for more ministry and more mission, that will need to go up. Uh, but do talk to Zach, former Q, by the welcome desk afterwards with him. That's enough of those slides. So the response form as I come in to land. Um, this, is, this has boxes to tick about prayer. The most important thing is to pray. You can work without praying, but it's a bad idea. But if you pray, you'll wind up doing stuff because God will prompt you. And you can commit to coming to our monthly prayer meeting, the source, to pray daily for five. And we're inviting you to pray for a mission partner of St. Paul's. And we've listed them there for you. You're welcome to pray for as many as you like. But please would all of you commit to praying for one. And if you tick this, and provided you write your name, we can get the details of those people to you. Then you can really take an interest. And hopefully across the church family, we can really pray better for our mission partners. Uh, locally, the well and Christians get poverty and food bank and street pastors and thrive. There are other ministries in the town we're involved in, but those are five we've committed to as a church. And then... Rosie and Stu in Brazil and Claire in Argentina and Rachel and James in Albania and Hannah and John in Central Asia and Teresa in Papua New Guinea and Notdeck in Uganda, CPS working in the nation here and Battelle working with recovering addicts. So pray for one of those. So that's how you can pray. Then there's the box for serving. And the first box is I have a heart for this area beyond St Paul's. If you... And then there's a thing about serving in these church ministries. Now you put down whatever's on your heart. Children, youth, music. We could use some more drummers, by the way. Have you noticed we haven't had drummers up there for a bit? If you're a drummer, please off. But um, tech folks, hospitality, we need whatever, whatever. If you've got a gift and you don't know, you could say, I'm really good at administration, but I've no idea what to do. Just put that down. We can help you to use that gift. Or I'd like to serve. And you can write on the back if you want to write a bit more. And then the giving... One option is for my giving to continue as it is. Now, most of us have had increases in pay, so I hope we can increase. Some have had decreases. Some have retired. And it can be an act of faith to keep your giving where it is. Or I'll change my giving to give so much. We encourage people to use the parish giving scheme. If you haven't started that, I know about three quarters of you are doing that. We have leaflets on the welcome desk. And the glory of this is they collect the tax back for us. That's just wonderful. So they take your money on the first of the month, they put it in our bank on the 10th, and on the 17th we get the tax back, and it's all done for us. Wonderful. So please do it that way. For those of you who are procrastinators, we put a box there. I can't decide this now. Please remind me in the new year. So Zach will get in touch in the new year if you take that. I encourage everybody to consider putting a legacy in your will. Juliet and I have done that for St Paul's. I hope that that actually could generate money in the future so when we plant a new congregation, just as we think, where are we going to get the money from this? There's a legacy comes through, just, just as each stage. That would be wonderful. 
And if you want to write a note to Zach, even if you just want to say, thank you, Zach, we think you're wonderful, put that on the back and he can read that. So how are we going to do that? Well, let's have the band come back. Um, the, in a moment, we're going, no, in two or three minutes, we're going to sing the song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, as we head for communion. And it includes that line, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Really, when it comes to our giving, the Lord's only asking us to tithe for 10% or so, but putting it all down. So I'm going to ask the band just to play through instrumentally. We won't start singing yet. Play it round the loop a few times. And normally we get you to stand, but stay sitting down and you could fill in the forms. Um, or just if you've already done that, some of you have had them in the week and printed them off. When you come to communion, we come in two lines up the centre aisle for bread and wine the front, or up the left for gluten-free bread and non-alcoholic, or up the right for wafers dipped in alcoholic wine. At each communion station, there's a, there's a basket, one at the front onto the cross, one at the front left and right, one at the front on the right. When you come for communion, and down from the, come down from the balcony, go wherever you like, Please put your form in the basket as you come and then your hands will be free to receive all that the Lord wants to give to us. And if you're not ready, then take the forms away and think it through or even just ask the Lord to put a number in your head. So perhaps you start playing and Lord, in this space we pray, visit us by your Spirit that we would give freely and generously like Zacchaeus did we don't want people to feel pressurised. You give us everything we have and we're only giving back what's come from you originally. For those who have no idea how much to give, we pray you'd put a mind, uh, an amount in their head each week or each month. For those who have no idea where to serve, would you put an area of the church life or an area beyond the church? Would you perhaps highlight a mission partner to each one to pray for? We ask you to do it even now, but for those watching online or later, that you do it when they have time. And we pray together that you, the King of Kings, the head of the body, would so work through our whole church family that every part does what it's meant to do. Pray for those who are perhaps doing more than they should that they'd know what to stop doing, what to concentrate on. Pray for anybody who's just leaving it to everybody else, that they'd realise that they matter and you want to use them. So come by your Spirit and guide us, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen.